Welcome to Never By The Book Podcast. This is your host, Kelly Scholes. At 24, I was dead broke and a full-blown alcoholic. By age 40, I was debt-free and a millionaire. Now I share my secrets to success and transformation with audiences around the world as a speaker, author, success mentor, and of course, your podcast host. Each Never By The Book episode features a guest who has overcome obstacles to build an incredible life of fulfillment. I'm excited to introduce you to our guest today. When I first met Ellen Rohr back in 2013, my first thought was, wow, this woman is a powerhouse, an amazing lady. You'll see what I mean shortly, but first, let me tell you a little about her. Ellen is founder and president of Zoom Drain, one of the hottest home service franchises in the country. She is also the author of four best-selling books and regularly shares her knowledge, wisdom, and business savvy through seminars, podcasts, and magazines like the Huffington Post. She's also on the go and seems to draw from an endless source of energy, creativity, and levity. Lately, she says she's been focusing on what it takes for us to change. With our episode entitled, Need a Lift? Be Willing to Shift from the Inside Out. It's my pleasure to introduce you to the show, Ellen. Big fan, uh, Kelly. Big, big fan of yours. Thank so, you. I'm a, thank I'm a big you. fan of yours as well. So we're fans of each other. Since I was back at Zoom Drain last week or two weekends ago doing a class for you guys, I'm even more of a fan now. Well, so, can, I share, can I share what Aaron told me about the class? Sure. Okay. So I asked one of our team members who took Kelly's class. You know, it's so Kelly and I commiserated about this to get people to show up. It's so such a vulnerable situation. They may not want their peers to know that they're struggling with money. You know, we we had to do a lot of encouraging to get the guys that we did in class. And I was excited for that that effort, that initial team to have a good experience. So I asked Aaron, what did you get out of the class? And he told me hope. Wow. Hope Hope out of the class. And that Absolutely. made my heart sing. I love that kid yeah. so much. And, you know, here he's a young guy. I didn't even wake up when it came to financials till I was like 35. And that's, yeah. that's a disadvantage, you know? So um, I, he's in his early twenties. This kid could be a, a, a very good financial steward. Thanks to you. So oh, thank you. Thank you for having me in. That's a, that's enough about me. Let's let's talk about you. Let's talk about me. Sure. Yeah. My favorite topic. Always. So Zoom drain in the background, Roar Corporation. That's you know, right. I, I don't know if you remember when we first met. It was 2000, I believe it was 2013. We were in Phoenix for a blue collar event and we met there with Kenny. Yes. yes. I loved, I had a great time. And yes, that's where we met. I'm glad yes. you remembered. I wouldn't have, but I do now. I remember yeah. the room and all, there was yep. a lot of hope in that room too. It was there great. Was. And when mm-hmm. I met when I met you, I'm like, that's a lady I really want to get to know. You're just energy and just everything about you. So would you, if you would, just go back in time and kind of give a thousand foot view of, of where you started in, in the business and, and how you got into the business and and I sure. Mean, and I'll 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 just park on a couple of the points that really shaped my philosophy because okay. you know that that will tell you what my prejudices are and why I you know, I tend to be so interested in certain topics. I'm by no means uh, an expert at all things. I've got a couple of areas where I would consider myself knowledgeable, but overall, I know a little bit about a lot of things when it comes to contracting, but here's, here's how I came to be the queen of everything at Zoom Drain uh, is once upon a time, I married a plumber. When I was growing up, um, I grew up well-to-do 
I'm very grateful for my parents. I had uh, a lot of uh, opportunity as a kid. Not everybody can say that, but I did. And um, when <laughs> we had a problem, we called people. Now, my, my dad had financial challenges later, but while I was growing up, I grew up in this kind of sea, sea of abundance that really shaped me. And, and we, my dad wasn't handy. We didn't fix things ourselves. We called people. And I really took all of that mm-hmm. for granted. Toilet didn't work. Lights didn't come on. You called somebody and they just, some miracle happened. And then I married my husband, the plumber, Hot Rod. And uh, I started to ride along with him because mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. And it, I, I found that it's really cool, especially like I come from this position where I technically cannot do any of this cool stuff, plumbing, heating, cooling, drains, electrical. I don't know how to do any of it. But over the years, starting with my husband, I've developed this deep sense of appreciation. And I would say that my number one intention today and always is to be a champion of the trades, of the people who do this great work. They should make a lot of money. They should have a lot of respect. It's something I can do. And that's what motivates me to be on your show, to work you know, with Zoom Drain. Like I, I look for ways that I can champion the trades because I've always been so impressed by the, the wonderful people who do them, who, who do this work. So I got to know Hot Rod, but typical... Um, at mom and pop shop, my, well, not typical. My husband's partner died. This also had an impact on me. He was a really great guy, friends with my husband since they were like in fifth grade. And he really literally worked himself into a health crisis and punched out. And at 33 years old, he didn't feel well. He went to the hospital. Last words he said to me were, if I don't do it myself, it'll never get done. And then he died. And Hot Rod and I are just like, whoa. You know, we thought he was just needed a good night's sleep, you know, like, wait, what happened? And it was really awful and traumatic. And this is where my husband said to me, I, you know, I don't like the business part of business. I like the technical part. I'm going to go work for someone else. And I talk him out of it. I say, no, (laughs) I'll count the money. I've got all this experience. I've had a lot of jobs. I have a college education. I I'll do the the money. You turn wrenches. We'll get rich. Mm -hmm. And we did not. (laughs) <laughs> and it sucked so bad. We had no money. I now we didn't have my job. We were barely making ends meet. I'd wake up in the middle of the night wondering how I was going to make payroll. All those awful mom mm-hmm. pop things that are so common in any small business and maybe even right. particularly in the trades. I went through that. And then I found my mentor. You know Frank Blau, right? Do you yep. know Frank? Oh okay, yeah. I've, so I've been through Frank's seminar. <laughs> okay. So you've been, you've been told where your head is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can never do it right enough for our boy, Frank, but he's had an impact on you, on me, on so many others. And he right. was the first one who really taught me that you have to charge more than it costs. Mm-hmm. You gotta, it doesn't matter what other people are doing. And if you don't know, because you're not running a balance sheet and profit and loss, if you don't know what's happening, you're never going to make it. You might as well right. shut it down. And that, that was really the message he gave me, but it did straighten me up. It got me to take responsibility. Just today with my executive team, the call that I was on right before this podcast, we were talking about our franchisees. How can we make it super easy for them to do accounting to know? And then mm-hmm. Christina, who's like 26, chimes in with, but shouldn't they want to know where their money is? Like, <laughs> Hey, didn't somebody it, write a book? Where did the money go? Yeah, but like just that it made my heart sing that she gets that it's an owner's 
stewardship, a responsibility. It's their job to know where the money is, where it comes from, where it goes and how to make more of it. And yes, even if we help with the accounting, if it's a business, why else are you doing it? I just loved hearing it. It was like out of the mouth of babes for me yeah. this moment. Christina, you're so smart. Um, just to, to remind all of us that there's really no substitute for someone taking responsibility for their company. That's what happened to me. That's why we got better. That's why I made more money. It was really this pivotal moment in my life that I thought, I know how to make money now. I, you charge more than it costs and you figure out sales and marketing. So someone will say yes to premium prices. I don't know how to make money unless you're a premium price provider of right. services or Walmart. You know, So uh, that really had a big impact on me. And then just to shorten up the story since then, that's been the area of expertise, simple, basic, powerful financial systems for the business. That's why you and I are such a good right. uh, combo, right? Because I really don't focus on um, personal personal finance or, or that education, although there's but, so many parallels. But there's right? the thing. There are. There's so many parallels. And if people would do the same thing in their personal finances, what you teach in the business everybody would be in way better shape. They'd have more hope. Yeah. I have a QuickBooks account called the Roar Family Fortune. That's my <laughs> QuickBooks account that I operate exactly yeah. like my other businesses as yeah. a, you know, with a balance sheet and a profit yeah. and loss. And, yeah. and even a from two, if I'm funding one of my businesses and I want right. that business to pay me back, you know? So uh, yes, those, those concepts absolutely apply. And yeah. I appreciate all the work you're doing to help people get smarter because true freedom in any country uh, company, society, family yeah. comes from a solid economy. It does. Like there yeah. has to be an economy. The surest way to destroy a country is not with bombs. <laughs> no. It's by destroying their economy. And yeah. there is, there is so much that, that really, you know, fires me up and turns me on. So if I am going to be a champion of the trades, the one area that I really like to focus on and why I'm so glad that you and I are, are, you know, working together right. at Zoom and, and on this podcast yeah. is because if you get that piece of it, you're just so much more capable and more powerful than if you're counting on someone else to take care of your yeah. money for you, or if you're blindly just driving yeah. and not paying attention. So from there, I, I, you know, I worked with Benjamin Franklin, the punctual plumber. We grew that yeah. franchise and I was part of that uh, extraordinary story. Super proud of that. And then we started Zoom a few years ago. Um, our total sales between the um, uh, the company-owned stores and the franchisees last year was 31 million. On our way to 300 million is our wow. is our goal right now. So we've got a lot of exciting things coming up. We've partnered with some great investors, and I couldn't be more fired up. It's funny. I'm always an optimistic person. I've never <laughs> been as excited about my career as I am right now. So yeah. Well, you should be. I was in there a couple of weeks ago. And, Isn't it great? Oh man, it's amazing. It's and, amazing. And the, and the people that I met there. Yeah, absolutely amazing people. They are, they're kids. They're kids. Yeah. And they're, they're just, they see it and they're smarter than me. And I'm just like, I couldn't be happier. I, I tell all of them, you can have my job. I'm not going <laughs> to do this. All I want to do is ride along and talk, talk philosophy to the, the folks in the trucks and then on the phones, man. That's where I want to end up. So, but it starts with the leader. Uh, you know, and I also, my partner, Jim Crenitti is my uh, perfect mm -hmm. foil. We started the company once upon a time, you know, Al Levy. Have you had him yep. on your podcast? He'd be I haven't had fantastic. Al yet. Yes. Have Al on your podcast. He has had a huge influence on my philosophy because once you get a clue, you want to document that, put it in procedure, 
put it up on Google Drive, impose it on the team members so that you don't have to do it all yourself anymore. And you can grow this thing, including the financial procedures. So Al and Jim Crenitti and I started the business and Al was always, mm-hmm. um, you know, he said, I'll get you started. Jim is ultimately going to be the, right. the, the king of everything. And, um, we'll find a, 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 an appropriate exit. And that just happened in 2021. Okay. So, uh, Al, uh, is forever a founder and in our hearts. Mm-hmm. And now Jim is the leader. And I, okay. um, Jim too, is just a solid, he's not as dramatic as I am, uh, <laughs> but he is uh, this calm, cool uh-huh. center of, um, focus and leadership. You know, you mentioned leadership. I work best as a Lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jim is absolutely the, uh, the uh, general or the the king of things because I just I really buy into his leadership and his philosophy and uh, that leadership makes a, a big big difference. So yeah. we try every day to make it really simple. What are the few things that you need to work on today? What three things are we going to get done mm-hmm. today um, that will help us make money, have more fun, you know, do right by our our team, community, and families? Yeah. Well, and I I like that. What three things are you going to work on today? And you're mm-hmm. talking business wise. But, you know, when I do my personal finance, it's the same type of thing. And I think it's that way with anything in life. What three things can I do today to make not only maybe my business, but what about myself better? You know, I don't, I love that you brought that up because I don't differentiate on my to-do list. There will absolutely be three things. And one of them may be my workout, like the, what uh-huh. three things I have. I don't separate it. Anytime I've ever heard it's just business or right. it's not personal, it's business. I'm like holding on to things because I don't <laughs> think this is going to turn out well for me. Yeah. You know, I don't love that intro because it's all personal. Yeah. Um, I, you know, you don't have to take it personally, but as a person, your responsibility is to um, sometimes, the, you know, especially if you're young and you're getting your career started, the best thing you can do for your family is work. Yeah. You know, get them to buy into it. Yep, there's going to be some long days. Yep, the most important pieces I will block out of my calendar. It is important that I serve my family in this way, you know, because our service tech, sometimes they have to work overtime. It's mm-hmm. like the family has to be in on it too. That's what I love about your class. You have yeah. to bring, you don't have to, but you're really encouraged yes. to bring your significant other because it is a group uh, dynamic, right? That family unit needs to to understand what's going on and why we're doing things and how they can win. So yeah, I, uh, I definitely don't see this. I don't see a differentiation between my business life and my personal life. I'm just trying to weave it together in, in a way that is of service to, to others and to me and, and them. Well, don't you feel the better, the better you are in your personal life, the more you work on yourself, the better you're going to be in your business life too. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And you can't like you, the most important question I think you can ask someone or someone can ask you, or you can ask yourself, I guess, is what do I want? Or what do you want? Like if I remember to ask that question, that intention, let's set the intention. Why are we here? Why are you and I here? Like, again, my intention, let me promote the trades. Let me encourage people to make great money to find some financial freedom, to do things right, to, you know, maybe raise their prices, maybe a, a natural outcome of a conversation like ours. And then, but it can happen a whole bunch of different ways. Like my husband was this great Zen master for me in terms of, I wanted to grow a big company. He yeah. didn't. He's like, dude, 
I want to work all by myself on projects I like for for people that are nice. Yeah. You know, he just didn't have that itch to scratch. And for a long time, I tried to get him to be different. And so my encouragement and my personal work is, you know, do you. like So to, to your point, like do what's in your hula hoop. Wayne Dyer says that until you change, nothing will change for you. But once you change, everything and everyone changes. Right. Like as you improve yourself, then the, the relationships that you have are going to get better. Some people are going to fall off. Other people are going to be magnetized to what you're doing. So, yeah, working on yourself is a way that um, that you're going to make everything as selfish as that sounds. It is the most selfless thing yeah. we can do because then we're not blaming or asking anyone else to fill in this need or gap in ourselves. We can just bring ourselves to the party and that saves a lot of time and energy. <laughs> yeah. And that's, as the, I love that it's selfless. It's not selfish because so many people think if they're taking time for themselves, they're being selfish and it, and it's not, you know, and if you do have the dream, if you're listening and you think, well, what do I want? I really yeah. want to grow a company. I want to create some opportunities. Well, you cannot do it yourself. Yeah, You cannot. And that's why the trades is so fragmented, is so full of one to three truck outfits. And most of those outfits are one guy in a truck. The reason it's so is because they're convinced no one can do it like them. You know, this is an old story, Mm -hmm. but it's still so prevalent that, you know, you have to, it has helped that I have zero skills in so many ways (laughs) because I literally, if someone were absolutely, you know, the, the house was filling with sewage, I could never be yeah. of service in that <laughs> I have to get someone else to help me to help them. And that has helped me a lot. So if you're not the most technically astute at your company, I wouldn't encourage you to become that. I'd encourage you right. to set the stage so that others could eclipse you and that you become the least relevant person in an emergency situation. And then you just love on those people. And how do you encourage them to stay and find careers? And pa- that's a really that's the, that's my encouragement if you want to grow. Right. And what is it Zig Ziglar says, the more you help people get what they want. It goes like this. You- Cause I have a friend who's a, I'm a Ziglar trained guy once upon a time. And I have a friend who corrects me on it. So I'll tell you the quote, you can have everything in life you want. If you will just help enough other people get what they want. That's right. That's the quote. Yeah. He made me memorize it. <laughs> <laughs> got it memorized good, Ellen. Yeah, I got it now, I think. Let me know, Howard, if I did yeah. that right. So, yeah. And and now you're helping a lot of people through Zoom Drain. That's our hope. That's our hope. And how simple can we make it? So, you know, Zoom Drain, uh, just today in our conversation, what can we take off franchisees' plates um, in exchange for the, the, the royalty fee and the brand funds? Okay, they're pay- paying us these dollars. What can we do for them? that's going to strip away stuff that they don't have to do and leave them only with the stuff that they have to do. And then, and, you know, franchising in general, and certainly, you know, my company in particular, I'm very sensitive to what we provide, but generally you would join a franchise so that you don't have to create a brand or trademark it or go through all those marketing assets creation. You know what to put the trucks. You wouldn't have to go, especially these days, I've got over a hundred trucks on order right now. So, I mean, you're better off with me than to go try and find a truck on your own right now. So we're just trying to look for ways that that 
collaboration will do the heavy lifting on stuff that doesn't require you. But the stuff that you have to do, like make friends with the Mm -hmm. um, referral partners in your neighborhood, approach people about acquisition, um, uh, call back your customers and make sure that they're happy. Answer the phone. If you're not using the the call center, that you're answering the phone properly, you're catching the call. And most importantly, is your service tech and your customer having a great day? Like the pay attention to that. Yeah. yeah. Invoice by invoice, customer by customer, experience by experience, build on those moments. That I can't do for you in the moment. So if I can strip away the stuff that would distract you from doing that, then my offering as a franchisor becomes mm-hmm. irresistible. We fail every day, but that's absolutely the conversation and the the intention every day. Yeah. Yeah. You can do that. I mean, like if you don't want to be a franchise or if you've already got, you know, just Michael Gerber said, build your company as if you could sell it it. or franchise it. And then you may not want to, but then you're, it's still turnkey. It's still uh, scalable and profitable. And you know, that you've got the, the good stuff happening for you. You're going to create all those options for yourself. Oh, and selling it, man. How about selling companies yeah. these days? Can you believe the stories we're oh, hearing? It's crazy, isn't it? I know. OMG. <laughs> OMG. I, yeah. I, you know, I was around when the first like roll-ups happened in the nineties and the money was just like, you can make, you can wait, you can make, yeah, you can you sell can. one of these things. Yeah. What? And then now it's like a hundred times that. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's delicious. It it's is so it's, good. It's well, so, it makes me so proud. And and I hope my audience understands that is how much money there is to oh. be made in the home service industries. Because, you know, my audience isn't just about the home service industries, but it's a good industry to be in, especially what's going on in the economy in the world right now. I mean, we're always, you know, they're always going to be here, right? Yeah, I hear here. Yeah, that's again one of my prejudices. It's really the soup in which I sip, from which I sip because yeah. Uh, you know, all my work has been done in the trades and, yeah. you know, uh, you know, home service particularly. And uh, yeah, the attention it's getting from the biggest investors on the yeah. planet right now, this is right. new in the last two years. Yeah. So if you have a home, ser- now, could it be a bubble? Are these prices just unsustainable? I mean, if you pay someone 25 times earnings, do you technically have to wait 20 years to get your money right. back? Right. And so, yeah, that may, may be. However, if you build a company that has, say, 20, 25% earnings, you could wait out these bubbles and you're right. still making 20, 25% <laughs> yeah. on scalable, productable. No, uh, I mean, even if you're getting involved in crypto or um, uh, investments, yeah, do it all. Like from a personal standpoint, yeah. you, you know, it comes down to what do you want? Some people have higher risk levels. Kelly, right? They do. So suppose that, you know, their goal is I want to get out of all debt except for vehicles. And then I want to put some wherewithal to work for me in some high risk ways. I'm 35 years old. I've got some time, you know, I'm going to carve out $10,000 and do something. Maybe you can do stuff like that. Right. However, there is something so satisfying about the trades because at the end of the day, I'm going to cry now. (laughs) We make somebody's day better. Yes. Like you can make a ton of money in your stocks and I get it and do it. I'm not even being judgy. I'm just saying there's also this deliciousness of actually doing some brick and mortars business 
where someone on your team knocks on a door, shows up, has some empathy, saves the day, feels so good that I don't know that I would ever not. I mean, my last job is Zim Drain. I'm going to die here in some position on the org chart. Ultimately, I'll just be ambassador, right? But, at, you know, this, like, I just get so much satisfaction out of a good day. You know, it was a yeah. problem. We solved it. Oh, delicious. Well, and you know, I've been beaten into plumbers' heads and, and technicians' head for years that we protect the health and welfare of this nation. Without plumbing contractors, HVAC contractors, this would be a third world country. In, it's so interesting because in the U.S., there are very few exceptions and there are some exceptions. Yeah. But for the most part, if someone has a clogged drain today, they can get help today. Yeah. But 70% of the world, to your point, has inadequate sanitation yeah. and 30% of the 7 billion people on this planet poop on the ground every day. <laughs> isn't yeah. that crazy? crazy like when you think about just like we take it for granted yeah. in this country it is not a god-given right it no. is a luxury and we should pay for it yes and we should make money taking care yes. of it and i think too as we look to the future in our climate uh challenged earth mm-hmm. that these basic services of getting water and disposing of water, they're going to become more and more important. Yeah. You know, the, sure. the water on this planet is getting more and more compromised. Yeah. What an awesome thing to be part of is the sustainability of the water cycle on the planet. Yeah. I always talk about, I like, I love, I love drain cleaners. I love septic guys. Septic are the <laughs> wine into water guys. Yeah. They turn the water, they turn the waste back into water. Back into water. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? See, when you can't do it, something like that to me just is like, oh, I, I'm just dazzled by it. <laughs> <laughs> you go. So good. They should make a ton of money. And I've met so many septic guys who are just, they had the hope beat out of them. They got dead up to their eyeballs with all this pumping equipment, all this stuff. Yeah. And I just think it doesn't have to be this way. Thanks, Alan. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to Never Buy the Book. Share it with someone you care about. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast app so you'll never miss an episode. As we close today, remember, if you're not doing it by the book, it might just mean you're onto something great. Until next time, (laughs) be great.